The Production Expert Podcast is brought to you with the kind support of Autoria, Source Elements, and RSPE Audio Solutions. Welcome to the Production Expert Podcast. I'm Julian Rogers, and in this week's edition, I'm joined by Russ Hughes and Mike Thorne. We're going to be talking about the things we loved in January 2023. Um. Welcome. Jumping straight in, we should go for it. It's a bit thin this month for, for new products, but something that popped up we've been expecting for a while, quite a while actually, was uh, exactly what Universal Audio were going to do, having bought Townsend Labs and the Sphere microphone system, which uh, which we we like. Um, they announced um, a couple of successes, uh, which were I don't know, which were interesting. Russ, you must have checked this out, um, having been around right at the beginning of this whole <laughs> this whole product story. Um, uh, wh- what did you see? What did you think? Yeah, it's good to see because I think when they first acquired Sphere, and I was there at the birth, I helped them launch this product some seven years ago. It feels like yesterday, but it was seven years ago that Sphere came out. And the benefit of Sphere, for those that don't know, is it's dual diaphragm mic modelling. And one of the challenges of mic modelling is to get the both on and off axis patterns uh, modelled because obviously mics respond differently as you move around them. All of those in this room will know that. Mike in particular, who's a, a recording engineer, and as a master, as well as a mastering engineer, so sure, sure. That, that was that was a, that's a tough thing to get. And, and Chris, who invent, who was part of the original Avid team, invented things like Avid uh, Eleven Rack and stuff like that, came up with this idea about eight years ago. And we talked about it, and we launched it seven years ago as an Indiegogo campaign. And it's had a massive kind of cult following since then. It's been one of those things that, like, it's got like a club. If you go on their Facebook page, everybody's like loves it. Partly because of Eric and Chris have always been very with the community so they'd be in and out of that group all day telling the community tricks and tips and helping them with problems so it was very it was a very owned product in the sense as when you bought it you felt like you belonged to something rather than you just buying off this faceless organization so i think there was a lot of concern when ua bought it not because ua are ici and a faceless organization just simply because would it be sucked into all of their ecosystem and and not have that same kind of they'd been spoiled basically the owners up until that point and it's a lot different when a when a a, a bigger organisation owns it. So sure. all that rambling leads me to say that there was a lot of weight about what would happen next, and what has happened next is basically a the original is rebadged and then with some new mics, and there's now a a, a, a more cost effective I think is the term we use these days, don't we? More cost effective version uh, of it, which is great. It's great to see them uh, showing it some love, and I think. Uh, Another another group of people who couldn't stretch to buy the original one, which I think was about $2,000 originally, can now buy one for about nearly half the price, I think. So, yeah, it's great. You can't. It's a great product. You can't go wrong with it. And it actually, so, the cheaper one only just comes with less mic models, that's all. I'm sure you can buy the others as well. So it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's missing a couple of switches, which I, I'm not sure got used that much. So, you know, but it's still dual diaphragm, which is important because it couldn't yeah. be a sphere without having that. Mike, yeah. you were going to jump in there. What were you going to say? Well, I, I mean, I haven't used uh, obviously the latest one, but looking at it um, sort of online. So there are are there two new mics, Russ? It looks like one is one that can actually can record in stereo, and one can record in mono as well. Yes, um, that, that that's different which from the dual. Cool. I think yeah, but I think the diaphragms are still dual on both of them. Yeah, it just does not for that not. mode. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it's just that stereo mode. So basically, what you could do with the original. Uh, but I think the. The big one that's out now is just a rebadged original. It's just right. made it into a right. UAE version of it. But the little one is 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 a new model that gives you less features, but uh, will still give you the the basic fundamental 
uh, sphere thing, mm. which is which is going to be great for people who want a mic collection but can't afford a mic collection. Yeah, have you, have you got? Have you have you um, been involved in any projects using this or any any modelling uh, mic systems? Actually, Mike, because I mean your place is uh, it's got quite a bit of uh, old school gear in it, but uh, yeah, got a toe in the modern stuff as well. Uh, not this mic particularly, no. Um, although. Uh, uh, a good friend, um, Josh Holland, who works here a lot with me, uh, did pick up one of the original ones uh, for a while, um, and he uh, he sort of tested it against a, a forty-seven and a C twelve and an R forty-four and some of those here, and and it sounded really good. Um, I I mean, I love the idea of it as a just as a creative thing. I don't think it to me it, it wouldn't matter whether the mics sounded like the pictures or whatever. It, it's the fact <laughs> that you can go in and change stuff after the event and things like that. Yeah. I mean. You know, it's. Uh, I think it's a really cool thing. Yeah, um, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, I was I was using a sphere last night actually, um, and uh, I mean the stereo mode's an interesting one actually because I was recording some drums, didn't choose to use it on on drums, just because the way it works is uh, it is stereo, but uh, because of the arrangement of the capsules and stuff, what you get is you get a very wide stereo. Um, you it's it's way wider even than yeah. Kind you're of basically like facing two car two two diaphragms in, in opposite in, in directions. Opposite directions, yeah. you're which not facing, you're right, not, you're not, right. You're not mounting it over yeah, a yeah. kit, which is what um which could be great in certain applications don't get me wrong but in this application i was it was a noisy environment i was i chose to go with a couple of condensers in uh both in figure of eight to get some side rejection just to keep some stuff out so i wasn't going with that but i ended up using it on electric guitar just because it gave me you know time it wasn't the time to be messing around auditioning different mics and it's perfect for that just pop it pop it down there and go i'll tell you what I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a listen to that later. I just need to do some capture. Um, the one thing that does concern me about this, because the the um, uh, the more expensive of the two models looks looks pretty much identical. I mean, I think there are some minor minor differences in hardware, but functionally, certainly, it's identical to the L twenty two. But um, something that I haven't quite got any clarity on yet is that something that I loved about um, the old Sphere system was that the the plugin including an AXDSP um, version, which was why I was using it last night, um, is, uh, was free to download and freely accessible. Anyone could download it. Um, I'm not 100% what the position is with it now that it's uh, now that it's UA and um, uh, now it's UAD, and whether or not um, anybody can just go and pick up the plugin. So if they're working with somebody or working with a project who's used one of these, whether or not they can... Get free access to that to, um, to that plugin. I'm I'm not sure <laughs> exactly what that position is yet, but I really hope that doesn't change because it's uh, it's incredibly useful. Apart from anything else, because that's I mean, the not other the thing site, about yeah. it. It's, it's a philosophy that some of us won't like, but some people do like. Is you can record in Sphere vanilla, let's say, for, for the for the sake of this discussion, which is it's untreated to the two tracks of your door, mm. and then you can change the mic mic and polar pattern and all sorts of stuff in proximity after the event. And that's very useful. It, it might be that you just want to change the proximity. Perhaps somebody was just too on mic and it's changed this. And obviously that's changed the, the low end of their voice and pro, pro, could create some kind of boxiness. And having that proximity effect to, you can, to pull out afterwards. It reminds me of years and years ago. Do you remember the old Calrex Soundfield mic? Yeah. Uh, if you remember that, and that was where you could kind of like use, I think you had a joystick with it where you could kind of zoom into different parts of the audio. 
Funny right, story yeah. about that about that business is that um, uh, a, a few weeks ago I was using I was using Sphere uh, on electric guitar, and um, uh, the mic got moved and got put back the wrong way round, and I didn't notice, but it didn't matter because it was a Sphere, so I could just reverse the uh, the um, orientation in the plugin afterwards, which uh, I should have spotted to be honest, but I was kind of busy because I was playing as well. But uh, it just goes <laughs> to show <laughs> it's just kind of like what's yeah. happened here. Oh, it doesn't matter. Fixed it. Very cool. Very cool. It's the kind of thing that if you were taking um, on location as well and you to do vocals or whatever, just having all the different choices, it's, uh, yeah, it sounds really interesting. Mm. Well, it, cuts, it, 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 it can save you from uh, decision paralysis as well, can't it? You can think, well, I'll, I'll just commit the vocal clean and then I can go into the studio afterwards. And I think the biggest mistake sometimes some of us engineers make is that we start throwing 10 mics in front of a vocalist and by the time we've got through our decision mode, they've completely lost their mojo. Mm. So yeah, if you can just throw a mic in front of a singer and know that you're going to get a good track yeah. down, whatever, because it's a good mic, full stop, without any models. That's the clever thing about it. It's not like, so you know, you get some of these things and like the basic model is pretty crap. This is, it's a good product. You, could, you can use it just as a mic mm. and a lot of people do. I have to say though, I mean, if so, I would, I was, I was out last night with this, and I mean, if I had a real forty-seven, would I have taken it to a to a band practice? Exactly. I'm afraid no. not. <laughs> Ever wondered what it's like to mix an entire album for Kanye or layering vocals for Chris Brown? Join your hosts Cash and G every fortnight as we sit down with some of your favorite artists, producers, and engineers to talk everything music. Brought to you by Avid Pro Tools. That sounds great. Um, okay. Um, well, I mean, that's uh, great stuff. Something that I'm uh, Russ certainly has has um, uh, an opinion on is the next thing on the list. Which is um, while not new, um, was certainly uh, something that you loved in uh, in January, which is the Stephen Slate Audio VSX headphone mixing system. Um, tell us about that. What the story of how I got to, to review it, or the is story what I was the, thinking, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, what well, you found. Story, well, yeah, actually, yeah. this is very similar technology in a way, because basically what it does is that Stephen thinks one of the weakest links in the chain, and he's right is that uh, is monitoring that you put often put substandard speakers into into wrong rooms and then you're kind of to mix metaphors as I said in my article mixing blind because you you don't know what you're hearing you, you, this, you, you, you could be could be a big hump in the room or the speakers just don't respond well I remember Bruno Putzis who designed the key speakers that I use and they're not cheap they're 15 grand and that comes up in the review he said that most speakers sound good in anechoic chambers it's when you put them in a room they go to pot which is a really interesting point. And, he's, and, and it's true that often the room becomes a speaker in itself, doesn't it, in terms of the response? And so Steve said, you know what, we need to solve this. And so he came up with a VSX headphone system, which basically is a plug-in you put across your mix bus, and it models studios, different studios, NRG and a few others. And it models some headphone models, and it models AirPods, and it models cars. So you can do the car test. Anyway... <laughs> So the story, very quick, very quick, go and read the article. I'm not going to re retell it over the podcast, but the very quick story is that Stephen's marketing is typically American and I'm typically British. So we had a clash of cultures. Every time I saw one of his ads, I wanted to stab my Mac because it was so overstated <laughs> and people going, this is the best thing ever. I'm going to, you, you, you thought he'd, he'd, he'd cured world hunger the way the adverts were running. And, and people saying, I'm sold my my 20 grand monitor system to buy this $500 headphone system. So I said something on Facebook one day and Stephen messaged me and said, can we have a chat about what you've just said, which basically said, if I see another one of those ads that says you can't mix on good speakers, I'm going to stab my Mac. And, <laughs> and Stephen 
called me and we had a chat. He's a good friend and uh, we chatted about everything. And then in the end, he said, I'll send you a pair, try them. So he sent me a pair, not to review, just to try. And I plugged them in and being a, a typical Brit that like, uh, if we can find something wrong, we will. Uh, I was incredibly impressed and I was comparing them to my key system, which is 15 grand. And uh, because in my view, it's not, there's two, there's two targets for this audience. There's the kid who's going to spend $500 on a pair of monitors that probably won't sound very good, especially in the room they're in. And then there's in people like us that are, have great systems, but sometimes we're in an airport or we're on a bus or we're at home. And we want to know, is there something reliable? So I, I tweaked it a bit with one of the rooms and got it pretty close to my keys. But I did say to Stephen, do not go online and say, Russ is now using these instead of his keys, because I won't. And one of the issues <laughs> I had was, and, and actually somebody's actually summed it up today and used Evelyn Glennie, actually, as the example in the review. I don't know if you saw that, Jules. No, no. In fact, oh no, it's a message. I got a private message. Because my problem, and Mike, you might speak to this as well as a mastering engineer. Mm. I, think, I think hearing is more than our ears. And the problem with these spe- these these headphones was you have to suspend disbelief to think you're in the same room as the speakers they're meant to be in. You, so you still this, feel, this, you this still feel like it, you're mixing in headphones. It doesn't yeah. matter what anybody tells you. And so I will always go back to speakers because when I'm in front of speakers, I get a sense of air moving that I don't yeah. get from headphones. Does that make sense? It, it does make sense. Um, and I mean, I've, I've just sort of upgraded speakers in here and put a, a full-on sort of trin-off system in so I'm sort of all in on I mean I'm in a purpose-built control room so I do all of that but I also um I've I you know sort of especially pre-pandemic um traveled to Germany a great deal my my uh, better half is from there and I still need to work so I um I've been using uh some great head uh, audio headphones with yeah. uh, a brilliant headphone amp from Cord um and I just had to spend six months learning them and I I can and have been doing work on those sort of you know masters that, that go out um on headphones and it, it took a lot to be able to go back and forth but yeah of, of course you don't get the physicality of the air in the room and, and and sort of hitting you in the chest and all of that but you um i mean there's a lot of great you know mix and mastering engineers who are working just on headphones so i think it's like anything it's um it's it's what you sort of want to get used to isn't it and you can you can make most things work as long as you learn them um yeah. but this yeah this seems really cool so i'm not too familiar with the system so it's it actually is modeling sort of control rooms yes, and, yeah, and the spaces. basic the wow. basic gist is it models the room yeah and the, the basically the frequency response of the room but then it also allows you to mix some of the room back in so because otherwise you'd be mixing binaurally sure uh, but yeah. it wouldn't be real it wouldn't be like being in the room so to get over that hump and Stephen's, uh, Stephen's talking to me about other advances in the future. You mix some of the room back in. And I think in the earlier version, I'm on version 2.5, I think, or two or three, people right. said it was phasey. And I didn't get any of the phasiness that people said that, that it felt. So I I was I was, I was was impressed. It, it, it's not that massive. It's not like you mix it and you feel like there's reverb in the space now. You just feel like there's a – it's just gluing it together a bit more. So – and, and I, I, as I say, I – it was it was when I put my other trusty headphones on, which which uh, I've been loving for years. I realised that actually this was a really good system because actually it wasn't that far off from what was in the room. It's different. It's funny what you said because I mean I, I actually um, on the the cord headphone amps uh, that I'm using. Um, there's uh, there's I, I always have a little bit of crossfeed on, yeah. um, and so that's you know that was for me the the thing that sort of made it all work. 
Um, so yeah, anything that gets you there quicker, it, it is great. Mm. That's, that's all you need, isn't it? The, the takeaway from it is that is the marketing is so OTT, it, <laughs> it, and 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 especially for us Brits. Uh, who yeah. just don't? It's not done, is it, to speak like that about things? It's just boastful <laughs> and all that. But but what I want to say to people is that that I was impressed. And and if if you if the marketing's turned you off, get beyond the marketing. Ironically, yeah, the marketing and, and the product a, are different things. Yeah, 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 they are. They are. In fact, <laughs> I had a moment last night where I said to Stephen, Stephen, you misquoted me in an ad you've just sent out. And said I. I, I said the technology was a bad idea. I never said that. I said the technology, my exact quote was, I love you, Steve. I love the product. I get what you're trying to do, but the marketing makes me cringe. Uh, so is then, this is this more, is, is this sort of better than, because there's a, there's a few of these sort of on the market. Yeah, the SonarWorks and stuff like and this. Is, yeah, this is, and all that, yeah. yeah, there's yeah. a few doing it now, isn't there? Uh, but this for me, they're all much, I'm sure they all have the same principle behind them. But SonarWorks doesn't, but things like there's a Waves one, isn't there? And they use head tracking as well. That's probably the uh, closest to this because there's a there's a, a yeah. range of products. I mean, I've yeah. tried the I've tried the HRTF stuff for the um, for the Dolby renderer. I've tried the the Genelec one, which is Oral ID, which is very fancy. The stuff you have to do to get set up for that. Wildly different results. They all do the same thing, but they're not all the same at all. But this is. A stereo product, but with some room virtualization. So I suppose that's probably closest to the wave system, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think so. But I've never tried the the wave system. Yeah, I tried uh, it, but without the head tracking, and it sort of it does it from the from your computer's camera, and the, and it was so latent that the head tracking sort of it didn't really work. <laughs> if it's if it, it's it's like having a kind of head made of jelly or something because you move and then it catches wow. up. You know, it's no, it's no good. But uh, that was that was never the idea with that. It was always um, if you wanted the best performance, you had to have the uh, the extra Bluetoothy dongle bit on the on the headband um okay um i'm wondering if we should we should talk computers because there was movement on computers and we'll we 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 love talking about computers um some new machines announced by apple um uh, a new mac mini and uh and and some uh movement with macbook pros but it was the mini that we were really looking at just because the studio has been such a hit and uh the mini was kind of uh was a lot of people were seeing that as kind of like a a, a very grown-up Mac Mini, in, certainly in terms of form factor, but now yeah, the Mac a... Mini, yeah, the Mac Mini is good now. I, I I grabbed a studio a few weeks ago, and that that's just embarrassingly powerful. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like carb, carbon and that together. I did a track this morning to try it out again, and Julian, I did what you asked, and we'll talk about it in a while the carbon mm. thing. But I plugged in a plugged in a guitar, mm. and. Uh, then, then put a plug-in, put a plug-in pedal and a plug-in eleven rack, and then some other stuff on it, and uh, add it at ten twenty-four and tracked it. it like, like, is it latency? What's that? Uh, but, but I then looked at the DSP meter just to see what was going on, and my Mac was like that. The DS, there was almost no metering going on for the for the for the CPU power of the Mac Studio. Oh, on the studio, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's like, it's like, it. oh, right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, are what, you doing something? What were the something? specs on the studio that you you got, Russ? I got the Ultra. Uh, so I got I got a fully loaded ultra basically, but I, when I say fully loaded, the only thing I didn't load up was the hard drive because all my stuff sits on external drives. Yeah. But uh, but I got like two gig two two terabyte and he said gigabyte then that would have been. But everything else, yeah, it's because I, I do what video. I do video as well. Um, on on that, do you remember what you sixty four? I've got sixty four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you can load to one twenty eight, but sixty. But I, I I was using before that. I've also got a MacBook Pro fourteen inch Max. 
and that's got 64 and it never even thinks about it. You have to think of it. Sorry, this is going to, we've got to be careful here because we, we could repeat history here in a conversation, but you have to stop, you have to stop thinking about RAM in the new silicons, like the old RAM in old conventional Intel computers. It works totally differently. They do a lot of swap disk. I didn't, if you know that. There's lots of swap disks going on all the time using the SSD. And the disks are just lightning fast, aren't they? It's yeah, they're so ridiculous. lightning fast. You don't, so it's just offloading the slightly slower processes to the drive. <laughs> and and so I think the only people who are going to struggle with the RAM in Macs is people who have got huge libraries and stuff like that. But generally for the, for the rest of us, it's uh, it doesn't even blink most of the time. I don't know if there's, there's no... I think there's a lie about fans being in these Macs because I can't get them to turn yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to put yeah. one in yours. Anyway, what's, what's sorry, your but machine? coming back, but the Mac Mini, that's a great product now. That's going to do well again. I think Apple have kind of created a problem for themselves, and I think Mike's just writing about this at the moment, that now to, to, to go to a Mac Pro is almost irrelevant for most people, unless you want to just stick everything in one big silver box. But mm. for, everybody, for the rest of us, if it's just about power, for a lot of people, the Mac Mini is going to be good enough now, and and also for a lot of people, the Mac Studio is going to be good enough. They've they've bought out some pretty pokey little boxes. So, Mike, I mean, what's your studio machine at the moment, anyway? So, I'm on a um, a MacBook Pro uh, i9, um, and uh, with uh, HDX, and everything's sort of in a chassis, and and it's it's uh, it's a laptop. It's um yeah, it's it's been great, but I I am going to make the move to an M processor um, over the next few months. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of torn really because I don't do any video stuff here. Um, and I mean, the, the, uh, the articles on the blog have been really useful because it, it looks like the, uh, the, the basic processes are pretty similar. Um, yeah, yeah. If you're not doing and, and, video, then yeah. you won't need an ultra. Yeah. I can absolutely. almost say that with certainty. I wouldn't, if I, was I wasn't e doing even video. Even looking in the mini, but I'm guessing the studio is probably going to last a bit longer, isn't it really? Yeah. Yeah. It is. And there's not that much between them in money. That was the, the my big takeaway when breaking down the, the cost benefit against the two. And it's, yeah, I mean, I'm a very happy Intel mini user here, but the days are numbered for that machine. You know, it's it's um, uh, just in terms of um, even if it can keep up with what I'm doing, which to be honest, it does day to day. It slows down a little bit now and again, but, but it's... Um, uh, it's on the list now. It's it's next to go in terms of compatibility. And if I want to stay current, then you know you you can't keep a a Mac running um, for longer than about five years before it starts uh, <laughs> starts falling off the bottom of the of the tables on the on the set. You know what I mean? So uh, um, I don't know where I'm going to go just yet, but um, but it's going to be about practical things. I was going to say if your i if your i nine is is still doing well, then your next move will be insanely fast. Honestly, you cannot. It's it's insane what happens when you change from a silicon. So I had an i9 MacBook Pro, and when it got hot, it was like it was a jumbo jet taxiing in the studio. I'm uh, fortunate that I've got a, a separate machine room upstairs that's sort of air conditioned, so all of the everything with a fan is basically upstairs. So the oh, that's good. Then. The control so room using, is you, totally yeah, silent. But yeah, I, I'm, I was, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm but, doing a fair bit of Atmos stuff now, and I'm obviously I'm I'm, I'm running the render on the uh, on the same computer, and of course. You don't have any DSP plugins uh, because you're using the uh, the Dolby Atmos um, playback engine, so uh, it's definitely being taxed for sure. Yeah. Oh well, you definitely need to get into. We would uh, before we came on, we were talking about AuxIO, which um, you were saying you you let you yet to properly investigate. That will I've help you. I've just had with to upgrade my uh, yeah. source, ne source Nexus uh, license. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I should probably have checked out the Auxio first, but uh, oh yeah, no, I'm late. talking about with the Dolby <laughs> with the Dolby Atmos workflow. It can it can help with that as right, well. Right. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. We're, the stuff uh, we know a good website to to check out about stuff. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> we know a guy. We know a guy. Yeah. Achoria has a wide selection of software effects, including three compressors, three filters, three preamps, and three delays you'll actually use. The latest release, three delays you'll actually use, includes Delay Tape 201. Delay Memory Brigade, and the unique and experimental Delay Eternity. A bundle of selected effects, called the AudioFuse Creative Suite, is included with all AudioFuse audio interfaces. Visit Autoria.com to find out more on the effects you'll actually use. Okay, well, I mean, uh, audience. Audience uh, Evo um, 16, you're a proud owner of, Russ. You, you, mm, you've I've tried one, one in the and box. Yeah, you liked it so much. You, my, you, my, my other interface is an Evo. Yeah, yeah, you bought yeah, one. There's a stickers you used to see on people's cars. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, well, I mean, uh, I've, uh, there's also a, uh, there's also a, what's it called, SP8 Smart smart mic preamp which is Clever. some extra preamps that you can uh, tandem up with a with, with an eva or anything else actually but uh, you know same thing um uh with and it's got the smart gain stuff and uh, it gives you some more preamps to run in with it i mean this was the thing that you liked about it in the first place it was a standout feature for you wasn't it was the smart gain and with the increase in returns of usefulness, the more channels you're running, then if you're going from eight to sixteen, then that's surely more than twice the usefulness in, in my book. I mean, what what do you, what do you think? You check this out? Yeah, I, I, well, I haven't. I've checked out their their inter, their, their, their additions, but I've got an Evo sixteen. So basically, it's just the it's just an Evo sixteen without an audio interface built into it. Mm. Uh, so it still gives you smart gain if you want to use smart gain with any other audio interface as well, and. The kind of wins on that is like people go, well, any engineer should know how to sell game. Well, I, I've got parking beepers on my car. Uh, I know how to reverse a car, but it's nice to have the beepers there too. Do you know what I mean? So anything that makes the job slightly easier sometimes. So I'll use smart gain all, so before the podcast today because I'd, I'd dismantled stuff yesterday to, 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 to try out the carbon and uh, had to plug it back in quick. And I just hit, hit smart gain straight away and it worked. And the great thing that people don't realize about it is that it uh, – it does it. It can do the whole lot in one go. So if you've got eight mics on a drum kit, hit smart gain. It sets all the mics up. You just say to the drummer, "Play," and hit smart gain. It sets all the mic mics up, which is brilliant. What uh, do you know? What it sets them up to? Yes, um, it level-wise. sets them up to minus twelve. I think it is. Uh, but they're going to do a software update where you'll be able to choose what you set it to. Wow. Uh, but they've they've they've, they've set cool. it so it's so it's not too hot. Which some produce. So I know some engineers were saying it should be minus six. I think, but. In the in modern digital recording, the, the one thing we don't have to worry about is to, is 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 le- less gain. It's the worry is clipping, isn't it? So they've aired, aired on the side of caution, uh, which is exactly how I track anyway. I'm probably a bit yeah. a bit lower than twelve to be honest. You can always pull it up, and if you're recording thirty two, you can mm. always pull it up even more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like just it's, it's not like it's something that's bristling with transformers and is there for color. I mean, yeah, Mike, yeah, it's, in, it's in your so place, quiet. do you do? You, are you using the desk preamps, or you've got some outboard pre's as well? I mean, I'm I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to think my way around your control room. It's a very long time since I've been there. Um, what... Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got a, a, a Decker uh, valve. Mic of course, you have a, a, sort of a, an SSL um, AWS that I've had for I don't know since 2006, which is still going great. Yeah, I mean, this this seems like a great idea for. I mean, I I don't do a ton of things, but I mean, um, sort of voiceovers and things like that is not, I don't do loads of those, but I have done some. Um, 
this seems ideal for that, for sort of doing sort of music and records. Again, it, anything that saves time is cool. I, I guess for me, um, I've I've had this desk and sort of been working in here for so long that sort of if, if it's a string session, I know where my mic gains are going to be. If it's a vocal thing, I know where that's pretty much going to be. And so much of um, sort of that side of it for me is getting sounds on the way in. So it, it's um, not to overcomplicate it, but it's, it, it's all gain staging. So it's, it's, you know, I'll be hitting a, a compressor or a limiter or a, you know, I might even go through a couple of mic amps, you know, the, uh, the Decker then the SSL to get a bit more gain and whatever else, because the Decker's only got 40 dB per channel. So creatively, um, I like just being able to turn a knob and I've got a desk with 24 of these things in. So it's, 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 I'm probably not the target for this one. I was going to say, so, I don't think this is an absolutely brilliant idea. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. where the target is, is if you were doing live gigs. If you're recording absolutely. live gigs, you can yeah. plug plug everything into the box and just hit and have 20. Uh, the price, if you add f one of these and two of the eights to it, you get 24 tracks of recording for some ridiculous, and like, and it's audience British stuff. So it's not like some crap. I've, I've got a, uh, what is yeah. it? In the ASP 880? Uh, you got an 880? Uh, I've got one of those. No, it's an 800. I did a promo thing for them years yeah. ago. And yeah. uh, I use it box. all the time. It, it, yeah. They're really good. I, I saw a video um, with somebody on online um, with this recently. Uh, and he was he was a drummer. He just pressed pressed the smart button and away he went. Yeah, and, um, it's amazing. Yeah. If, again, for me, if I'm I'm a drummer as well, so I, I sometimes do stuff when I've, I've got, there's, there's recall on the desk. But um, if you haven't got that, this is brilliant. Yeah, so live gigs, boom, your job's yeah. done. Well, time's getting ahead of us, so we should move to Find of the Week. The Production Expert Podcast is made possible using Source Connect Now from Source Elements, the free way to record high-quality audio over the internet. Need to record an interview or a podcast like this one remotely? With Source Connect Now, you can. Using a Chrome browser, you'll get ISDN equivalent quality audio without the need to install any additional software. Register for your free account at now.source-elements.com. So, um, uh, before we get to Russ, because I've got a good idea what this is going to be, uh, Mike, what's your <laughs> find of the week? So I recently had uh, my iLock die, which is uh, the very first time that's happened. Um, and for probably as long as they've had it i've i've had the uh zero downtime and then when they brought it in there's an option to click on this is um in the iLock app mm. uh the tlc theft loss coverage total lec total uh, loss cover yeah. yeah total loss cover you know annihilation nuclear whatever <laughs> yeah. the whole kind of you thing probably wouldn't need an iLock in that situation but carry on <laughs> probably not so anyway um i've i've always had a sort of a spare um in a sort of in one of their uh you know bubble packs just for that occasion, um, it worked great. Within 20 minutes, sort of back up and running. Um, had to pay, I think it was sort of $50 or whatever, um, but they dump a bunch of temporary licenses in. Um, I did follow up with them a few days later because the permanent licenses hadn't arrived and got a very nice email back sort of same day saying, actually, they're all here now. Uh, yeah, seamless. Been, been really good. Um, so, yeah, uh, not ideal because uh, I've had to, you know, buy it again for the new iLock, but just the fact that you can be up and, and running again. Um, love them or hate them. I, I mean, I, I, I like it. Everything's in one place. Uh, yeah, worked really well. So uh, worth every penny because the thought of having to go through, I mean, God, there's like two, 300 licenses on there. Um, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds worth of software and having to, just the time element of having to contact each of those uh, software companies and sort of explain and beg for a, a 
copy license. I mean, that would be. I know yeah, people who've been think, wiped out. I, I had a friend think. who lost all of his licenses and couldn't get them back. And it was like, yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah. Russ, so go on then. Tell us about your carbon. Yeah, so Julian <laughs> got, a car- got a carbon pre-release and talked to me about it a few times and said how wonderful it was. And, and anybody who knows Julian knows that... Uh, I don't say that the term, won- the term wonderful <laughs> doesn't leave his mouth very often. Uh, he's, he's the antithesis of what we were talking about earlier in a sense. So... Uh, it was just bugging me that that it seemed so so cool. So I I left it a bit and then uh, just thought, you know, I'll try one. So I got one sent over. Uh, apparently they're like rocking horse poo at the moment. You can't get them. So somebody's just sent me an email saying, "How did you get that carbon? Because oh, wow. you can't get them." So uh, so uh, Julian said, "Just plug it in and try it." And I I, I think it, for those who use HDX, I think Mike, you've got HDX in your studio. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So we all know about the whole latency thing. And over the years with faster computers, we've all got into kind of things like, hey, well, uh, a lot of us tolerate latency, let's be honest. That's the way we deal with it. And what we call tolerable latency, and a lot of us can can deal with it in all sorts of trick ways, like using the mixer that, like if you've got an Apollo, you use the Apollo front end, or if you've got this audience, most of the manufacturers make a front end to to deal with latency but there's then the issue of drop-ins and this issue of, of of all that sort of stuff and so i plugged it in and plugged in a piano my Roland piano and plugged in a mic and uh put a couple of I put a compressor on my voice and a couple of other things and just hit record and it was just like wow it was like this one it's one it's as close to, to, to damn it, net zero latency. But secondly, it's all done behind the scenes. There's no buggering around with set up this this thing. And uh, I, I, it was, I tell you what, I said to Julian, I called him up, I said it was like the first time I ever used a Porter Studio. It was like, this is like magic. It's just so simple and so immediate. It's the immediacy that you forget about when you're trying to mess around with latency all the time. And then this morning, Julian, and then Julian said, you've got to now go and try it with the guitar. So I plugged in my telly this morning <laughs> and put an 11 rack on it and a, and, a pl- and a pedal and a few other things. And that was like, wow. And then I thought, go on, let's try it. So I just went into the back of the engine and turned the engine to full like 10, 24 samples and then tried it again. It's like, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing happening. It's just like zero latency. Uh, it's not cheap, but it is absolutely brilliant. It is. And Julian's description is that, it's like having a fridge in a room. You get used to the buzz, but when it goes, you realise it's gone. And that's what latency is like. And like, so uh, I'm sold. It's it's an incredible piece of kit. Yeah, yeah. Um, As, just um, to, for clarity, when Russ said uh, eleven rack, you meant the eleven plugin because obviously eleven rack. Sorry, yeah, eleven that. plugin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah no, it's, yeah. it was stunning, and it was the guitar for me of just like, oh right, yeah, this is it. But uh, yeah, we, it's amazing. Like it's it's really player. interesting here, yeah. hearing you both talk about this because it, it's there's obviously. There's lots of sort of talk on forums about, you know, well, you know, sell your HDX and this and that. And sure, for mixing, of, of course. But I mean, if uh, I know the number of sort of recording studios is is dwindling, but I mean, here I've I've had it since, well, for 10 years. And HDX is fantastic. You you can run headphones. You can, latency has never even been a, it's never even crossed my mind mm. because it's, and, and it can't because you're working with mm. sort of it's musicians. It's just an annoyance and, and you don't need, things. isn't it? It's, it's an annoyance you, know? you don't need, but we all... We all sure. do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember using Pro Tools LE years and years ago when I was sort of starting out and you had to sort of, if you were doing an overdub, you had to sort of 
turn the knob, way. turn oh. the knob where so that you could get the original, and then uh. Uh, and there's all sorts of tricks about using mutes and things like that. Yeah, and, well, you'd be doing a vocal overdub with with somebody, and and it would be, uh, yeah, no, it, it's for as much as everything's progressed computer wise, we still haven't really progressed, have we? Because we yeah. still to do this, you still need a, a hardware card at the moment. Yeah, it was, yeah it, and the only way to really do it, and, and this is the most, hybrid is the most complete transparent solution. I've used them all. I've used Apollo. I've used everything. And and people will go, oh, well, I don't think that the mic preamps are as, as good as they are in an X. And I think, well, yeah. Whatever. I, I, <laughs> no, I think, well, they've all been, most of those parts are coming out of the same factories. So I, I won't get into that debate with most people. <laughs> Um, no, hybrid, you know, you nailed it. It's like it's all about the hybrid engine, and it was developed for carbon as a way to make the whole carbon idea work. And then they said, <laughs> "Well, would this work with HDX?" And it completely uh, pre-hybrid engine, pre twelve six HDX was looking increasingly irrelevant, to be honest, for nearly everyone, and that changed it at a stroke. That's put ten years onto the life of people's HDX systems because in the old days you could use native in in an HDX environment, but you were absolutely wasting resources and all sorts of nonsense you had to keep in mind and navigate your way around, and all that disappeared overnight. It's just you have round to, trips and all kinds of things, loads yeah. of stuff, and it's just not like yeah, that you, now. <laughs> you have to think with this. It's like don't want to don't want to offend any of our. Uh, our religious listeners, but this is avid doing this after the, where HDX looked like it was going. Is 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 the is 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 a resurrection, isn't it? It's a really really a moment of like how how they've how they've managed to make give HDX mm. relevance again in a new way. They haven't just like rebadged it and went oh here's another version of an interface with HDX inside it. Mm. They've, this hybrid engine for any singer songwriter or any small band mm. is just insanely good. And circling around, of course, we were just talking about the Audion uh, smart mic preamp. Uh, th well, there is now a carbon preamp, uh, so that extends the remote controllability and recallability of the, pre of the, of the preamps to an extended system because the one thing you couldn't do with a carbon was, uh, was stack multiple carbons to make a bigger system. You could just extend, extend it via ADAT. Well, that's changed now, and you've got that AVB environment uh, going out to potentially 24 channels. It's, it wouldn't be cheap, but it would be awesome. And to get that just into like just into like a 3u flight case is extraordinary to be honest yeah. i was out last night using it with a 2012 macbook pro and it was tracking a, a live band because it wasn't doing anything you know it's fine yeah a carbon and a, and a mac studio is an ultimate system it's a really waste is. of power to, in, in my book yeah. considering yeah. what i did okay. last night a carbon and an iphone then <laughs> exactly. uh, right <laughs> right um okay um we'll get to, we, we, we should get to mine which is a, a quick and easy one um i was uh, reviewing some of the stuff i recorded last night um i like a plate on drums uh, and uh, for, for ages i've just been using seventh heaven because seventh heaven is awesome and I never really paid much attention to lustrous plates. And um, I just happened to open it and click through and I found the steel plate and I went, that's the plate, that's the one. And uh, possibly because you're on mic and you've actually got um, you've actually got a plate plate, a real one that you can, you know, um, fill yeah, a room with. Yeah, which changes with, with the, the weather as well, the temperature. Yeah, yeah, it's a little chilly today, so... Uh, <laughs> you know, but you know what that is, Julian? It's all about the whip. Yeah, the yeah, have dispersion. That whip yeah, sound. yeah, and it's, yeah, and I heard uh, that one on this on this on this nail yeah. drum. Went, that's Matt, what Matt I want. Nailed that. Perhaps <laughs> Matt needs to put temperature into his so it changes depending on the temperature outside. Or oh, don't suggest it. <laughs> Knowing Matt, he'd probably do it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, that's all we've got time for this week, but thanks very much to, to Russ and thanks to Mike, and we'll uh, see you next week on another edition of the Production Expert Podcast.